today on The Breakdown. It's yet another breakdown of a 100K buy-in event. And this time, we have two top 11 GPI-rated players. Number five, Alex Foxen against number 11, Jake Schindler. They play quite the hand. Let me tell you, it ain't Othello. It ain't checkers. This is poker, people. We're going to talk it all right now on The Breakdown. With Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Othello? Isn't that a play? It's also a game. What's what game is that? Have you honestly never played Othello? No, I have it's not. It's a popular popular game. It's where it's it's not too, it looks a lot like Go where you have um two different it's like checkers where you have checker pieces and they're different color like white and black and if you capture someone's things by like I put if I put a like a black on one side of your white line and a black on the other side then I turn your entire line black and it's whoever at the end has more of the color that's it it's just a flipping, flipping so it's your, like crappy connect 4 that's what you're No it's me? actually a, a really intense strategy Oh really unlike connect 4 <laughs> yeah, um, it's like a better Connect Four. Connect better Four is, Connect Four. Connect Four is for babies. Tell okay? that to Rajon Rondo. Yeah, I would be happy to, but he's too busy playing for the Lakers. Apparently, by the way, get more of this kind of talk on our new sports betting podcast, which might happen. Might by the time this comes out, it may already be happening. Unlikely. Okay, so yeah, these guys are good based on their GPI ranks. Of course, that means Global Poker Index. Yeah, and not just based on that, but well, that, this, that is a um, that is. Oh, one way of one one reasonable criteria of saying these guys aren't just good; they're real good. Right. I've I've been a huge Jake Schindler fan since the first hand we did of his, yeah. which was very impressive. Uh, Alex Foxen, he has not been on the breakdown before. We've only talked about him briefly because of the whole collusion with his girlfriend type thing yeah. that went on, which is like a gray area, which we we can't really blame him for what happened. I think. No. Um, but obviously, very good players playing in this hundred k. They are not the businessmen. They are. The guys to eat the businessmen, the sharks. Yeah, Fox has been been in the top ten, the GPI uh, for at least a year, and uh, we played, of course, a memorable hand in the Millionaire Maker. I'm, I mean, memorable for him. I don't really remember what happened anymore, but he brings it up every time he sees me. Of course, <laughs> a year ago. Anyway, um, yeah. So these two guys are legit, beyond legit, and they've had continued success even against the best. Yeah, and uh, Max Sawyer really wanted us to do this hand. He said he yeah. was cashing in all of his longtime listener chips. Wow! In order to get us to do this hand. Nice job, Max. It happened yeah. thanks to those chips. Yeah, don't don't dare tweet at us again. You cashed in your chips. <laughs> it's over. I guess you could do something. I guess you could just give us a great hand. Yeah, but this isn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I said to Grant as we were watching. I said, "There's actually." Really, like decisions worth talking about on every single street in this hand, like legit surprising decisions on every street. Yeah, and uh, it's good that it's a podcast only hand because these are the types of guys who do not do anything physical or verbal, no tells, nothing like that, nothing fun. Right. It may not be a podcast only hand, though. It's I'm holding on hope that it may not be. It's a podcast I'm, only hand. Yeah, you can't just announce that. It's, we'll see. Maybe it won't be. It is. You're going to cry. It's Monday when you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast only hand. Um, so, of course, what Max did when he begged for us to do this hand was he used Twitter. Yeah. And he, uh, he used YouTube to get the link to the, the video. So he far, so good. Timestamped the link. Good. By right-clicking on the video. And he sent it to the correct Twitter account. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know what the Twitter account is, honestly, how stupid are you? Hey, there are new listeners, buddy. 
Yeah. What is the podcast called? The breakdown presented by the poker guys. Would it be hard to find the Twitter? I don't know. Really? Really? Wow, you think it might be hard. This is a hill <laughs> I am currently dying on. Wow, that's a really good choice. <laughs> it's not. It's not like you could just type Poker Guys Twitter into Google and immediately be there. You could probably do that. You could probably type Poker Guys into Twitter and immediately be there too. Yep. But also, we're the number two Poker Guys. There's two Poker Guys on yep. Twitter, so that's another way you can just know that. But Grant makes a fair point. Yeah. You don't need to know these things anymore. Remember in the old days when URLs, it was really important to get the .com? Yeah. Like, not so important anymore. It may probably, there's probably a bunch of old people who still type in the address and put .com at the end of everything. But mostly you just use search engines now, and you get whatever you need to get to, and you don't, it doesn't really matter. I want to share something about .com. It's a, a funny thing that somebody, I guess, tweeted. I, I, I okay. don't know who to give credit to. I'm sorry. But I think it's like a viral thing where, because the new Mission Impossible movie came out, they were like showing a screen cap from Mission Impossible 1 in which Ethan Hunt was searching for a, a guy named Max. Yeah. And over his shoulder, they were showing him typing the computer furiously. And in the search bar, he had typed Max.com. <laughs> that was his method of searching for Max. Max, who, by the way, this is like an ultra secret, like yeah. deep level cover spy person. Max.com. Yeah. That doesn't work, does it? I don't think that works. <laughs> I hope not. Jonathan, Jonathan.com. You can find out exactly what Jonathan Levy is doing right now. <laughs> I mean, that's an interesting just website idea, but... Yeah, it'll be like EdTV. Exactly. I was thinking Truman Show, but it's more like EdTV because I'm aware of it. The Truman Show is like a worse version of EdTV. You mean movie-wise or, yeah. um, or like yeah, EdTV, the situation? Yeah, EdTV set the bar and the Truman Show tried to... Tried to keep Actually, up. Truman Show came first. I know. Truman Show is clearly a way better movie. It came first is what I'm saying. That's different than... No, no, but EdTV was uh, approved. It was greenlit by the studio first. And <laughs> all of Hollywood was aware of EdTV. <laughs> they both came out pretty, at pretty similar times. And by the way, they're both good movies, and they really are different premises, even though it seems like they're the same. It's like Deep Impact and Armageddon. It's not. It's like Armageddon and Deep Impact. It's really not. It's like, uh, it's like Pacific Rim and... and it's like Armageddon and Deep Impact. If in one of them, everyone knew the the um, the asteroids were coming and going to kill everyone, and the movie's about everyone's knowledge of it and how they react, and the other one is about no one knowing about it, and then like and going about their daily lives and the wreckage that happens. I mean, those would be two very different movies, and that's Ed TV and Truman Show, and that's what makes it really cool. Take the same general premise, and yet one one difference the the main character's knowledge of it changes everything. It's there's, really cool. There's actually a third movie that is in the same genre. Sliding doors. <laughs> How is it in the same it's genre? Not, I'm kidding. <laughs> I like that movie. It's a good premise. Yeah, you know they've done that move. They've done that premise before, but they pull it off the old chaos theory premise. Yeah, basically, yeah. it's good stuff. Yeah. Hey, chaos theory dictates that at this moment in your universe that you're currently living in, Max Sawyer, we're going to begin talking about the hand. Okay. Uh, so it is early on. It's day one of the hundred k at Triton. So no money is on the table yet. Nobody's thinking about ICM. And we're at 25K and 50K. And young Jake Schindler, who is good at poker, has 5 million chips in front of him. He's the 11th best poker player in the world, according to one metric. Yes, which is better than me. I think it's according to the metric system, by the way, not one metric. Metric system. I think you got confused. Don't. Don't worry about it. But well, probably, you know, probably honestly, stop talking about that because you're not looking good right now. The imperial system is bad because, you know... Like, you know how many, you know many freaking feet there are in a mile? Yes. Me too. But <laughs> a lot of people don't. And the way I have to remember it is absurd. 
Yeah. No, I know. Of course, the metric system is better. That has nothing to do with so GPA. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. All right, moving on to the hand now, Max Sawyer. Yes. We're doing this for you and your, your chips that you cashed in. Yeah. Jake Schindler is plus one. I believe it's young Jake Schindler, but go on. He is young Jake Schindler, but I, I can call him what I want. Plus one with ace seven of diamonds. He opens to 110K. I don't think it's a full ring table. I don't think it is either. It's probably like six or seven players. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it'd be fine anyway. It's extra fine. Yeah. How many, how deep are we here? Schindler's got five million. He's got a hundred bigs. Okay. So it's totes fine. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. The first interesting decision of the hand is Alex Foxen in the small blind. Yeah. He's got 4.7 million. He just calls with ace king off, ace of spades, king of clubs. Yeah. That's a really unusual decision. I kind of understand it with stack depth. I mean, they're both about 100 blinds. So he doesn't want to get four bet here, obviously. I mean, it still is ace king. I mean, it's it not the end of the world to get four bet with ace king. It's not like it's two nines. I mean, in this field, are you just going with ace king for 100 blinds? Um, unless we know that Jake Schindler is really, really tight pre-flop, yes. I think you just have to. I guess you could do that. You just have to. Yeah. Now, you could decide to play a small pot too, but playing from the small blind is weird. And there's problems with it. Well, what, what are the problems? Well, the biggest problem is now we're letting the big blind in. Sure. That's, that's bad. Um, that's number one. Number two, it's hard to win a big pot with Ace King if you don't put in a lot of money pre-flop. It's just hard because if that yeah. guy is, you know, like when the Ace of the King comes out against Jake Schindler, it's going to be hard to make a lot of money when, you know, he's the good player. He's not just going to like keep betting that often. It's once in a while. But are we just going to, like, go check call, check call, check call? Maybe. But, you know, mostly, like, if we call once on an ace-high board he, and he doesn't have an ace, he's going to check back a lot of turns, right? I mean, if he has a seven, for example, like he does, and an ace flops, I don't know if he's going to bet the turn. He might check the turn and bluff catch the river, and we win a relatively small pot. We would have won probably a bigger pot if we three-bet and get called and bet the flop and bet turn or river, or at least a similar pot and sometimes bigger. You know, it, is it possible that uh, Foxen is flatting here because the big blind is Nicky Petrangelo? And this is, I was wondering this. He might squeeze quite a bit. He's how very aggressive. How many blinds does he have? Do we know? Petrangelo, he's got like, he's got too much to three bet shove. It's like 60 blinds? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's too much, but he might put in a squeeze. And if, if Nicky P has been squeezing, then it's completely different. And this is the first thing I was going to ask you actually was like, who's in the big, who's in the big line? Because that makes more sense than... Like, oh, I'm going to balance my calling range. This is not the hand to balance your calling yeah. range with. Watching the uh, Super High Roller Bowl, I watched a lot of it, and Petrangelo squeezed the most out of any of the pros. Yeah. So it might be a good time okay. to do this for Fox. That's Foxen. cool. Beyond and, that, he's also protecting his small blind calling range in this spot, which is kind of good to do. The one problem for Nikki P is he can make it, like, generally when you squeeze, you're going to squeeze to something like... Well, no, I guess I guess he wouldn't be squeezing all in, so it's different. What what would be a reasonable size here? If we we got the raise and the call, it's one ten, yeah, uh, over fifty. So it's four. It's like four point two, four and a half lines, right? Basically, um, between the, pie, the two of them, yeah. Not, yeah, not including the our big blind and the the anti. I think we could make it five hundred and ten k. So make it over 10. the one ten. Yeah, so we're like almost five, almost five xing it. Yeah, I might go even slightly bigger, but yeah, that sounds reasonable. I might, and go, then, fi- and I might then, go 550, but and, yeah, whatever. And then Foxen has a, an easy back raise there. Yes, a back raise where we're committing ourselves. Yeah. 
And maybe, and the only weird spot for him is if Nikki P squeezes and then Schindler raises again. Now we got a real. Now we got. Now we can consider out. folding. Yeah. Which, and then maybe we ended up saving ourselves a ton of chips because Schindler really has the goods. Or we could look at Schindler and we could think what we know about him. We might decide to raise ourselves. We, we could, but uh, I don't know if you're going to get a lot looking at Jake Schindler. Probably not. Well, maybe we just have to think about what we know about him yeah. and know like if he's expecting Nikki P to squeeze and he could have like. Some hands that we re- that are going to fold when we re-raise, and some hand, you know what I mean, hands that we just either have in trouble. If he's got two nines, he might fold when we put in a five bet out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a big five bet too. It's going to be a committing five bet. Anyway, it, that's the only weird spot, so it's not going to come up that often, right? Right. And you can also just choose to fold there, and it's probably yeah. okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. But I, you know, I think uh, outside of Nikki P being in the big blind, I I think three betting is probably better. But it does at least protect the small blind calling range here. I know, but wouldn't you rather just have a different hand to do it with than this hand? Such as aces. I'd rather do it with aces. I'd rather do it with kings. I'd yeah. rather do it with ace queen suited. Personally. I mean, I feel like ace queen suited is kind of standard to flat out of the small blind when plus one opens in a seven handed game i think that's more of a three bet you think so yeah is that what you're doing in practice these days yeah okay i think a lot of people are flatting there yeah i like three betting it better personally i'm concerned about having too many three bet folds out of the small blind because there's still a mindset among players i feel especially players who are not like elite level but are thinking players who know what's going on where like Five years ago, people weren't playing out of the small blind unless they were three betting. So there mm-hmm. were so many three bet folds out of the small blind. Sure. And I worry about like people misconstruing what I'm doing. And it actually is a three bet fold because I have ace queen. You right. Know? And I hate that. Yeah, but they're not going to do it in the very beginning. Like the first time you do it, if they don't know anything about you, they're unlikely to assume you're light. You know, they're usually not going to like. Why are we assuming it's the first time? Well, if you've been three betting a lot of the small blind, then you should take that into account and you might decide to call because of that sometimes. Or you might then decide not to fold when you get re-raised because of that, you know. Basically you're saying Alex Foxen is way worse than you. Is that the There was that memorable hand we played in the Millionaire <laughs> Maker. I mean memorable to him, apparently. Because yeah. all he does he brings it up every time about how bad he played. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course. All right. Well, Petrangelo does not squeeze out of the big blind. He's got Jack Deuce of Clubs, which is a perfectly fine calling hand when you've got the raise in the call. Yes. He could squeeze, but he decides this is suited. It's good enough. You know, yeah. see a flop. I like, I like a call more than a squeeze here. Let's see a flippy floppy. Yeah. And uh, the pot's going to be 380K in a place that you can see a lot of flippy floppies. It's nitrogen, sports, poker room. Also the beach. Yeah. A lot of flippy floppies. Okay, the, do you the think nude you beach? Think, is that what you want to talk about? The nude beach. <laughs> Flippy floppies. It's a euphemism. Grant is, Grant is no longer participating in the podcast after that, apparently. He is not thrilled that I've that I've It's just been like the last times. the last six podcasts I bring up I bring up the sponsor and you just immediately derail it and wait for me to do the rest of the ad by myself. Yeah. So I'm just going to let you do the whole thing by yourself this time. That's fair. That's fair. I will say we shot um, two videos today and I did the ads pretty much. Yeah, those are like 25 those. second ads. Yeah, they're really quick. I did a great job, though. All right, let's talk about Nitro Sports Poker, everyone, where your flippy flops can turn into gold. Digital gold, that is. 
Grant, Grant wants to come in so bad because he thinks I'm doing such a bad job with this ad. I can see it on his face. It's hurting him, and it's great. It's worth it. All right, let's see if we can continue to do a bad job with the ad and see how he feels about that. So at Nitrogen, we have, we have a get-together every month where you come, we all come together, and we play a poker tournament. Do you think anybody's yes! actually going to know what... Yes. Do you think people are actually going to like understand what, what you're saying? I just the point of the ad is for them to get something out of it my, and actually learn something about the sponsor. My agenda for the time shifted very quickly from you know satisfying the sponsor and you know the fact that they pay us to just trying to get you to talk. And I did it, and I feel like I won, and that's all I care about. All right, finish the ad then. Okay. I'm willing to finish the ad now that I've gotten what I wanted. So, okay, so let's talk Nitrogen Sports Poker, people. It's where people come together in our big weekly... <laughs> well, we don't have a weekly tournament, but we have a monthly one. <laughs> and see, I have to do the ad anyway, because you're so incompetent. It's amazing. Okay. I did a good job on the video one, I swear. Yeah, okay, so what Jonathan is trying to say, but is not quite quite uh, apt <laughs> enough to say <laughs> is that we have a monthly tournament. Now you, you're back together. Let's go. You finish the, yeah. Ad. I mean, your voice is just going to keep cracking and we can't have that. We have a monthly tournament. It costs a 10th of a millibit to play. And of course it's a Bitcoin only poker site, a 10th of a millibit these days. I mean, with Bitcoin's price, you know, tanking when we're recording anyway, it's like 60 cents. There's a hundred millibit guarantee, which is actually crazy. It's like you need a thousand players to meet the guarantee. We never get more than 77. So you got to get in there and, as we like to say, get you some poker or poker or parkour. <laughs> yeah. But you have to use the link in the description of this podcast to sign up for Nitrogen. Otherwise, you don't have the ability to get in there and play with us because we play as well. We're the poker guys and we play as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Now, let me say something else about this. They're not just a poker room, Grant, although they are a poker room. They're also... <laughs> Do you have the memento disease? They're also a casino. Okay, they're also a casino and a sports book. And a sports book, dude. Yep. They're so, also a sports book. Yep. Jonathan doesn't do any drugs <laughs> or drink, amazingly. This is my drug, bro. Podcasting. <laughs> well, I guess you've had a little bit too much. <laughs> I'm going to just trust that, you know, we're our listenership these days is 11,000 strong. It's pretty awesome. We're excited about that that some of them enjoy this part of the podcast too, because I don't know if anybody's going to enjoy what you just did. (laughs) You just like had a mental breakdown. (laughs) Anyway, let's get back to the hand before everybody turns it off. Nation sports poker. Use the link in the description. Yeah. Okay. So we got 380 K in the pot. Schindler open plus one. He's got 5 million. He has a seven of diamonds. Uh, Alex Foxen called out of the small blind with ace king off. He has 4.7 million. Petrangelo is unfortunately the garbage human. Got Jack Deuce of Clubs in, in the big blind. 380K. Flop is Ace, 9, 7, Rainbow, Club, Spade, Heart. That's a good flop for young Jake Schindler. Yeah, that's a pretty bomb flop. Yeah, like a him. bomb burrito that you get at a gas station. Yes, or a when people say that's the bomb and they're not looking at, you know, an actual bomb. Yeah. Are you going to say anything <laughs> meaningful for the rest of the podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. I've got some other stuff I'm working on and none of it's useful. Okay, but great. It's, but it's cool. I'll do some poker analysis. Yeah. Then. Um, so Foxen, it's an interesting spot having just called with Ace King. This is kind of the dream scenario, although it turns out to be a nightmare. Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> nightmare. Okay. Do you think there is an argument for leading as Foxen? Not really. I mean, 
this is the whole point. This is the reason why we raise or re-raise pre-flop with this hand is because when we lead, we, well, yeah, we're going to get called by some other aces. Those hands are often going to bet anyway. It's like we're going to get two streets max, almost no matter how we play this now, unless Schindler, I guess if Schindler has ace-queen, it's going to be great, but we're going to get three streets then anyway. Like it's gonna, If he has ace-queen, he's probably going to go bet, 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 call, call, call in one form or another, right? Do you think it's a check-raise candidate? It's an interesting question. Um, the problem, of course, is game theory disaster spots, right? I don't think it's a full-on game theory disaster to check-raise. We can get called by worse, but we limit the amount of hands we can really get called by that we want to get called by, right? Like ace-queen is going to call. Ace-jack is probably going to call, but a lot of the bad aces are probably going to fold. We're just going to narrow that. That part of the range that can stick around that we're beating is going to be pretty small compared to the part of the range that, you know, is happy that we're doing this, that we're losing to. I agree in principle. Yeah. Um, however, from the perspective of playing against elite competition yeah. and having a check raise range on this board. Now, maybe we don't want to have a check raise range at all on this board in this spot. And that would be reasonable. Yeah. But if we do want to, I think we might need to try to include ace king in it, at least with some combos of ace king. Okay. Because what else are we check raising? Sets. Which uh, are six combos effectively. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Can we ever have ace nine suited here? Maybe. 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 Um, we could definitely check raise that. So that's eight can combos. Can we ever have seven nine suited? It's very unlikely. I mean, we have it's like possible. somewhere between eight and ten combos of value check raises. Yeah. And we're probably, if we're going to have a check-raising range, going to want to have all of the open-enders and some of the gut shots. So we're going to want to include Ace-King. That's yeah. a great point. That's a great point. Um, yeah, I would say it's possible this is a board we just can't really check-raise very often. Ace-9-7, by the way, is the board. Ace of yeah. clubs, nine of spades, seven of hearts. It's not even like two of a suit, so... It's even less great to check-raise. Right. Do you think say. if it was like the seven and nine of clubs and the ace of hearts that we could check raise more effectively here because Schindler would be more apt to put us on draws. Yes. I like that a lot more for sure. I also wouldn't even hate it if we had one of our two cards was a club. Cause then we have the back door, either sure. nut or second nut flush, which would be draw, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I like it. The wetter the board, the more I like raising with, with top pair, the drier the board. And this is pretty dry the less I like it. Because as I'm we're saying, there's to, just not a lot of value. I'm going to have to disagree with that okay. as a categorical statement. I agree um, as far as like a board like this. Yeah. But a 9-10 jack board, you're not feeling comfortable check-raising ace-jack, right? No, well, that's a wet board. I thought you said the wetter the board. the. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. In that case, that, that's too dangerous. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's too wet. You know, you're right. Categorically, that's, that's not correct. Um, uh, maybe I should say it differently. Like... The, the drier the board, the less apt you're going to be to... Like, if a board is super dry, you're mostly not going to want to check race, right? Right, in general. Because you don't have draws. Yeah. And so now you're either a value or air, and mostly you're going to have value, and it's like you got to have a pretty strong value, and then the guy can fold a lot. Well, people have started check raising on super dry boards, some of the elite players, by choosing their bluffs to be like just a small amount of combos of, of two backdoor type hands. Yeah. Like on a king 4-4 four, four board, you can check raise ace-king and your fours, and maybe sometimes king-queen against certain opponents. Mm-hmm. And then you can also check-raise like your ace-five, ace-deuce, ace-three suiteds that also share a suit with one of the cards. So you have like two backdoors. I mean, I hear that, but I think in practice that just doesn't happen that often, right? It just people don't, I don't really do it I don't it think it much. does, but that's, that's how you would do it yeah. if you were to 
actually construct a check raising range on a board like that. In the good. old online no limit days, people would attack dry boards like big time. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a thing going around back in the old online no limit days. People thought like king high dry boards were the best boards to check raise. And so it started becoming a thing where there'd be lots of check raises. And then the original razor who then C-bet, no matter what they had, would just call. They just wouldn't fold any of their range, no matter what. And like, I'm in position. I'm going to play you later. Like, you don't have to have it. You're often going to shut down because you hate getting called. People just stopped folding in that spot, no matter what. Yeah. Got, it got a little weird. And we may, you know, be heading in that direction again, I guess. You know, it's a pendulum. It swings back well, that and was, forth. That's part of the impetus of the pot control era, I believe. Yeah. You know, like check calling with all of your one pair hands for the most part. And but like like you're saying, it might be swinging back because we're here on this podcast where we talk intensely about poker theory, talking about check raising top pair. Right. You know, and, and strongly considering it. And as soon as you're in a spot where people start calling dry board check raises with not a very good hand because they think you're doing it too much, now top pair becomes a great candidate to check raise. Right. And b- potentially bear, you know, get, go for two more streets after that. Yep. Like, you just go bet, bet, and they may just call you down with a lot of medium stuff because they think you don't have to have it very often. And there's, I love talking about the ways that this can all go as far as the leveling, the, like, multi-level effect of this over time. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just the entropy of poker, where the response to that could be, three betting on these boards a lot from with nothing from those players. Cause they're like, well, you can't call with your check raising range. That includes way too much medium value. Like you just can't right. call. Right. Like you check raise the top pair yeah. and they're like three bet. Yeah. Now what do you do? Right. Yeah. And it's like, even if you call now, what if I bet the turn, you're really going to call me down with top pair. Yeah. Good luck with that. You know, that's hard to do. We went to the era of six bets pre-flop for a while there, the P.S. Hines era. Yeah. I wonder if we're headed towards the six bets post-flop era. I mean, that's cool. Yeah. It's real cool. I find myself doing a lot more river bluff raising than I ever used to do in the last few months, and uh, it's been great for the most part. So if you find yourself at a table with Jonathan, you probably doesn't have it on the river, just call. I mean, I got called a few days ago in a spot where, like, that's a hand that I, I was targeting, and they called instead of folded. And uh, I turned pocket kings into a bluff because I was like, you know, I'm behind, but barely, and I'm going to get him to fold. And it did not work. And I was wondering if he knew about, like, us talking about river raises or if he just made the call anyway. I had no idea. I don't know if he did or not, but I, was, I, I had the thought. Like, yeah. Maybe he know He knew who I was. So it's like maybe, maybe he knows that, and actually the, all this talking isn't helping me. You know? Yeah, uh, once we lose our sponsors based on our horrible ads, you're just going to be straight up losing money from Pokemon. I'm going to have to only raise for value on yeah. the river. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be too bad. Sorry, everyone. Sorry? <laughs> you're sorry for raising the river? With, for value. Yeah. You shouldn't so they're going to call a lot because they're going to think I'm bluffing. They won't, they won't have heard this one. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Let's talk about what actually happens on the flop. Foxman with his ace king off. Ace of clubs, nine of spades, seven of hearts flop. Checks, which is reasonable. Of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Petrangelo checks. And Jake, who has top and bottom pair with a seven of diamonds, bets 235K, which is a sizable bet. How big is the pot? 380. Yeah, that's a little bit bigger than normal. Yeah, and typically in three-way pots, you're going to see an even smaller percentage of the pot than you are in heads-up pots. Mm-hmm. And this is, yes. so this is significantly over half pot. To- so so what, I'm, what I get from this is Jake is trying to play a really big pot by yeah. sizing it. By just sizing it up a bit more here than you might normally, this means exponentially down the road, if he bets the turn, 
in a similar fashion and bets the river in a similar fashion, it's going it's to be a much bigger pot than it otherwise would be. Yes. I mean, it's no limit. You can size it any way you want, but it'll be less obvious if he starts this way, you know? Yeah, and from a traditional perspective, not per- Petrangels, but Foxen's range is kind of ace-heavy. So he's going to get at least one one call out of Foxen a lot of the time. I mean, Foxen has what? Some ace-queens, some ace-jacks. Ace-10 suited, ace-9 suited, ace-8 suited. I guess ace-9 is better than ace-7 on this board, but... yeah. Um, he's got a lot of medium pocket pairs. He's got a lot of suited Broadway also, but certainly yeah. all those aces I think are probably there. Yeah. He may even have, cause they're so deep, all the suited aces. He might. I don't know if he's supposed to, but he might. He might. So I guess that's what Jake's hoping. And maybe Petrangelo somehow flopped, uh, some sort of draw that he's going to check raise cause he's Petrangelo. He is Jack 10 here mm-hmm. on this nine, seven board. I mean, I could just see it from the point of view of, I have a really big hand. If anyone has an ace, they have to call at least once. Why bet small when I can bet bigger? Um, this is, it's also the kind of spot where if no one has an ace, like Petrangelo can decide to call, but it's going to be really hard for Fox to call without an ace anyway, because they're not heads up. So if he has two eights here, he's going to probably fold because he's got Petrangelo behind him. Yeah. You know, so it doesn't really matter how much I make this if Petrangelo or if either one of these guys have an ace, they're going to call at least once. Yeah. Let's make it bigger. And I hope maybe they decide to hold on. Maybe, you know, if if um, Foxen has an ace, he may have a really good ace. He may have ace-jack or ace-queen right. ace and, and have to at least call twice. Let's make these streets bigger. It's actually ace-king, Jonathan. It's amazing. I know. Like, how amazing is that? It's super sweet. Sopa, sopa sweet. Yes, thank you. Um, sopa. Foxen decides just to call. He doesn't do this whole check-raise thing that we talked about. Yeah. Seems standard. It's fine. Once you're here, it seems standard to just call. But it's completely reasonable to raise from the point of view of you almost always have the best hand. Yeah. Not reasonable to raise from the point of view of what am I getting value from? Yeah, I mean, Jake's probably going to hold on with any ace at least for one raise because it's like a weird dry board to raise. Probably he is. Yeah. But probably just one street. So It depends. I mean, there's enough draws out there if you include some gut shots in the raising range that, that Jake could make some decisions that are just like calling all streets. I mean, the fact is Fox and sees Jake sizing this up. He notices. Yeah. So it actually may also slow him down from check raising a little bit. It's like right. either he, like he's already polarizing himself a little bit. Like he's probably worried great. about the sets more than he is to yeah. pair. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, like, that's a problem. Those sets are a real problem. Yeah. And like, it, w- it would really be too bad because especially with this more polarizing sizing to check raise and just be in the spot we're in basically, which yep. is like, he only continues with better hands essentially. All right, so Foxen calls and Petrangelo folds. You know what? You know what's too bad? We missed out on a real opportunity so far on this podcast. We have yet to say, Nicky Petrangelo, what's happening, Nicky? Stuff like that. I feel like we say that enough. But we didn't say it once in this show until now. So you feel like we say that enough? You should have no more joy in you. What happened to you, kid? You went completely insane, and it caused my joy to have to turn into father mode. And now I know what it's like to be a father. <laughs> <laughs> Is it, has it been rewarding? No. And something you would never, ever want to have taken away from you? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just been pretty annoying. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a lot of being a father. But then there's the special moments that you get, which make up for all of it. Well, not if you're 46-year-old Jonathan Lovey's father, I guess. I mean, ask my dad. I don't know. I don't know what he would say. I don't have his number. Can you give me his number later? We'll talk. Is that a yes or a no? We'll we'll have a conversation. I want to talk it. to what's his name, Levy. Wow, Rick. <laughs> it's actually not that far away. I just found out what your dad's name was today, and I was surprised. Go ahead, tell him. Star Lord. Nope. 
It's disappointing. I'll just say that. Tell him. Disappointing? Yep. Adolf. No, it's not that. <laughs> so you had to take that one back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bridge too far. All right, let's get back to the hand. Okay. About dad, dad issues. <laughs> All right, so there's 850K in the pot. We're heads up. Ace, nine, seven, rainbow flop. The turn is pretty good for Jake. He was already pretty happy, but it's the seven of spades. Yep. And that actually should ease Foxen's mind a little bit because it removes two set combos. Yep. That's quite good for sure. And uh, some interesting stuff happens here. Foxen, yeah. Foxen checks, which is normal. Of course. Jake checks back. Okay. I get it. I get it too, but I don't know if I like it, even though I get it. All right. Like, I'll explain why I get it, and then you can tell me why All you right. don't like it. Okay. I get it because the seven should, in general, be a little bit better for Foxen than Jake. We don't think Foxen's mm-hmm. going to have a ton of sevens, but he's going to have six, seven, and seven, eight suited. I mean, Jake is going to have almost no sevens. Yeah. Right. So there's that. Um, and it just seems like if Jake had something like ace, 10, ace, jack, ace, queen, he would frequently check this back right. thinking he's going to fold out all the worst hands right. if he bets again. Right. So for those reasons, it makes sense to check because he's trying to say, I have a weaker hand than I do. No doubt about it. Yeah. So he's got to balance that piece. And maybe against a guy like Fox, you just have to be balanced. You have to do this correctly because he's just too good otherwise. Um, but he has to balance that piece with trying to get all of Foxen's stack. And he's got the kind of hand which he can do it with. And Foxen has chose to call once. Foxen probably has ace-jack or better. He does. It makes it easier to say that. Yeah. But he, he likely has an ace. And they're probably a pretty good one sometimes. He could have 8-10 suited maybe. Yeah. He could. Um, cool. I mean, we don't he have might, to bet huge fold. on the turn. We could bet small. We could bet smaller on the turn. He but might I like, fold 8-10 suited. If we bet small, he might not. You might not. If I'm saying, I think we should bet small to keep the aces in and also to keep 8-10 suited and also like looks a little weaker, which isn't so bad. All right, let me, let me play something out for you here. Yeah, good. Let's assume not ace-king, but let's give Fox an ace-jack suited here. Yeah. We can bet small. What do you think small means when, we, when the pot's 850? 280. Okay. And say the river is an innocuous card, a deuce. Yeah. What are we, how much are we betting and do we expect to get called? Um, I think we choose polarizing sizing on the river because now we're at the river. We, there's no more money to make anyway, right? Um, past this, there's no like, um, we want to, we have a monster hand. Um, so if we bet 280, there was 700 in there? So 850. 850. So now there's going to be like 1300 in there. 1.3 million, excuse me. Yeah. Um, on the river, I'd bet big. Now it's hard to get called. He'd have to decide to hero us on the river if we bet big. But um, I would probably go for big anyway. All right. So what do you think the expected value of, say, yeah. you bet $1.3 million. Okay. So you're going to get the 280 for sure. Yes. I would right. say $1.1 million on the river, but whatever. Okay, sure. $1.1 million. Okay. What do you think the expected value of that bet is? Good question. How often are we getting heroed in that spot? Uh, we're not getting heroed very often, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. Uh, so it's not much. I don't know, 200000 Okay, so we're at 480 expected value with that line. Right. So you're saying we check it back. We check it back, and then we bet a million on the river. What do you, what do you think? The expect- so we overbet the river instead? Yeah. I mean, I don't, what do you think the expected value of that is? If he has ace-jack? I think he's calling at least half the time with ace-jack when we check the turn. I don't know. I don't agree. If when, we, when we suddenly bet a million on the river, we can have we're, we have like ace-queen, ace-king like a lot, and we don't have ace-ten ever when we bet a million on the river. All right, what if we give Fox an ace-queen? Um, 
I think it's the same problem. Like, cool, we're chopping with some ace-queens. We're losing to ace-king. I don't think Schindler's betting ace-jack. We might... By the way, if we have ace-queen, we're probably leading the river anyway. Right? Like, are we really going to check again? Maybe we are, but, like, we're probably leading, trying to... Because we think, like, we want to get called by the medium aces that are going to check back or bet too small. Yeah. This is... I don't know. Something in me is telling me the check is a better play than the bet on the turn. I just think we're deep and we want to like build a pot. I just think we're not like I, it's possible Fox and folds ace check on the turn sometimes. What if Fox has a seven? Don't we want to like how often all? is that going to happen? There's two combos. There's two combos. There's eight, seven suited twice. Uh-huh. Oh, no, we have a seven. Yeah. Eight, seven suited, six, seven suited. Yeah, you're right. There's two. Com- and I know an ace. There's the other ace seven suited, which he could have. So there's three combos. But, but who cares about the third one? We're chopping with that. Oh, yeah, that's right. It doesn't help us. Okay. Yeah, two combos, not very much. That's true. Yeah. There's a lot more combos with the aces. Yeah. Fair enough. I, it just feels like we're getting the big bet called a lot more often, or we're getting a bet out of him on the river that's worth more size by checking back the turn. I think you should ask a more reasonable question in terms of a big bet. A million is like overbetting the pot, All which right. really changes it. So let's, let's say we bet let's go a, pot. Let's go pot. Even then. pot is, is, I think, too much. Um, because it still feels polarizing. If you make it even 75% of the pot. All right, 600K. 600K. Now we're, getting, now we're having an interesting conversation about this, I think. Um, 600K, we're going to get called certainly half the time, I think. Oh, more than that. If we check the turn, but 600K on the river. And he's got ace jack. Yeah. Yeah. How much more? I don't know. I think we got 400K worth of value out of that bet. Okay, let's, that's fine. Yeah. That's not as much as the other one. The other one was 480. I don't know if we're getting called on the river that often, even when we bet small on the other one. Yeah, I guess the other one's 480. Oh, I'll, obviously, these are subjective. Yeah. I don't know. It, you, it just, just were, you were making a point. Don't, yeah. I mean, we worked it out. We, get, we came to this. Like, we, there's lots of assumptions in here, but, you know. There are. I, yeah, I just. Based, based on our own guesses, it seems like it's more profitable to, to bet the turn. Maybe, but okay. Let's think for a second. If if Foxen has Ace Jack, yeah, is he going to bet the river if we check the turn? It's really close. That's the one that's. I think if he has Ace Queen, he's definitely betting the river, right? Yeah, um, or almost always betting the river, right? Um, Ace Ace Jack is super close. He might bet the river almost as a blocker bet for himself, so that way he doesn't like get charged too much if he checks. Like, so he wouldn't want to because he doesn't want to call six hundred thousand. So he might bet three hundred thousand to make sure he gets called by something. Although I don't know what, what's supposed to call you really. Like if Schindler has two jacks, he could decide to call, but like, what are we like? We basically have to, it's either eight, 10 or a nine being turned into a bluff. That's all we can beat. Right. It's not great. Or we're or a smaller pocket pair being turned into a bluff, which you just wouldn't expect very much. Like wouldn't need to do that. Like it's winning a lot. Yeah. Right? So it doesn't, it just has no need to do that. Like we have King high a lot here. I think I think Jake's more. Uh, the more I think about it, I think Jake's more checking the turn because he's always checking the turn right. when a non-ace card pairs. No, I think that's exactly what's going on. Yeah. He's like, but I think that's problematic. Like we shouldn't always be doing anything in poker, right? Now, but I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying Jake is actually always doing this, right? But like we essentially like we don't want to be that readable. In that, like, remember we were talking about this, like um, playing against. I was saying this last year in the World Series, where like there's certain boards. And this is still true, pretty much. Where like you just know the other guy's checking, like, yeah. You check, you know they're going to check it back. 
Yeah. So like we shouldn't always check because we know they're like it's easier to play against them because we know they're going to check it back. Like I understand why they're checking it back and they should be checking it back a lot, but they're che- they were checking it back too much a year ago and I think they still are. That's all. Like I know when they're checking back now and it's like easier. Do to you deal think with. Schindler should be going for three streets with Ace Queen? It's a good question. I think you should bet the turn with Ace Queen, and if it's a safe river, go for a th- go for a small third street with it. What do you think? Maybe I don't. It seems maybe the small third street thing would work in practice. These in recent years, when we've been watching these elite guys, there's not much small sizing on the river at all. True. I mean, look, we just said that um, that what's his face? Who's in the small blind? <laughs> Alex Foxen. Yeah. He um he has very few sevens. Yeah. So as Schindler, we can bet Ace Queen a lot because he has very few sevens. If he's in the big blind, it's a completely different thing. He's in the small blind. He just doesn't have very many sevens. We can bet Ace Queen on the turn. But we also have a massive range advantage against his range, and he might decide to fold a lot of his weaker aces because he's like, this is a crappy spot. Right. But if he knows that we know that, then he may have to feel like he has to hold on again, right? Because we're bluffing more. Maybe. Like, I don't know how deep this leveling war goes, but these are two of the best players in the world. They actually think about all this stuff for sure. Right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's an easy spot at all with, with any top pair type hand on the turn where Schindler is like, oh, yeah, you have almost no, you have very few, I have no, almost no sevens, but so do you, buddy. I can bet. You know? And so I do. And like, good luck. Figure it out. Like, sometimes I have ace queen, sometimes I have king guy. And like, how do you, what do you deal with? How do you deal with that? Like, it's not easy. Distribution. Right. So then we may say, well, I have to call with a bunch of my aces. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway, Jake checks back. Right. And the actual reason is because he thinks Fox has nines full, obviously. (laughs) He's just going to fold the river. Smart. So smart. I mean, Fox can have nines full. He can. But yeah. All right. So the pot is still 850K. Ace, nine, seven, rainbow flop, seven of spades on the turn. Uh, Bringing a second spade, but that's not going to matter. Right. The river is the three of diamonds, never changes anything with these hands. Foxen really is going to go for it here. And this is showing that Schindler's representation of having an ace is working because often Schindler doesn't have ace king because Foxen has ace king himself if Schindler has an ace. By the way, uh, Schindler can have pocket threes. Oh, he can. That's true. But Foxen can. Anyway, go on. Yes. Schindler can have pocket threes. Um, Foxen's like, okay, you have a lot of ace queen, ace jack, and ace ten. I want to make you pay the maximum. Right. So he bets 1.185 million. Where he's like, you just, you just have to call with those really good aces. Yeah. You have ace queen, you just have to call. 850K to. in the pot. So it's a, it's a huge overbet. It's a huge overbet. And, and I'm sure Foxen's aware that he doesn't have very many sevens in the spot. And Schindler knows that. So he's aware that Schindler knows that. So Schindler's going to be in a tough spot where he's going to feel obligated to call with like his good aces anyway. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, sh- go ahead. I feel like the way the board ran out, Foxen doesn't have that many reputable bluffs. Like he's turning a nine into a bluff or he has eight, 10 suited. And there's really no reason to turn a nine into a bluff. Yeah. Cause Schindler can have King high. Schindler I don't know, can have anything. I don't know if it's a good time for, at least for Foxen from his perspective yeah. to have polarizing sizing. Cause there's just, it's like his bluffs just have to be like the gut shots that decided not to check raise, but to check call mm-hmm. and then not take any aggressive actions till the river and then bet over pot or the open ender or turning a nine into a bluff. And none of that seems to make sense. 
I kind of agree with your point. This is Foxen saying, I really, th- I'm hoping you have Ace Queen and you just pay me off, right? Because yeah. we're folding, I think we're going to fold out a bunch of aces where if we bet 500K, 550 even, yeah, pretty much all the aces are going to feel like, well, I, I guess I call. Yeah. Like a lot of them, like we're, I'm chopping with a lot of your aces, right, Foxen? It's okay. Like, in a, not, I'm chopping meaning like if Jake Schindler has ace eight suited, he's chopping with like a lot of Foxen's aces anyway. I wonder about checking versus betting at all. I think I might prefer checking as Foxen. To give the king highs or whatever a chance to bluff. Give that a chance. Schindler's definitely putting a bet in at this point with ace 10 or better. Probably any ace. Yeah. Just to like try and get value out of a nine. Yeah. We could even check raise if we want to. We don't have to. If he bets super small. But if, yeah, but if even if Schindler bets like 400, which is almost half pot, we could consider check raising. We're super underrepped. And Schindler's going to be like, what, what the hell are you check raising me with? I mean, he's going to be like, you're check raising me with a really good hand, probably based on the way this hand played out. Yeah, I mean, but he would probably it could be like a nines, ten. nines full, I guess. Nine seven. I so think a check yeah. raise to one point one eight five million is more likely to get paid than a lead for one point one eight five million. The one problem with it, and I don't think you're I don't know if you're wrong. The one problem with it is the check raise like sometimes we check we have to be giving up some of the time too when we check raise then, right? Which like giving up? What do you mean? Giving up because he can just Schindler can just check it back and we lose. With our eight ten. Oh right. So like we have to understand that like we're not tr- like by betting, you know whatever one one and a half times the pot, the way Foxen did, eight ten now is like desperately trying to win the pot versus like ever giving up. Like he's going for it, you know, with the, with with all of his eight tens or whatever. Now how many eight tens does he really have? I don't know if he has any eight tens here. By the way, he called in the small blind. Yeah, I guess the good thing about his sizing is, if he were bluffing, this would be a more effective bluff against Schindler's perceived range of having like some decent aces in there that might consider folding for this size. Right. It's possible they'll consider folding. I think they will at least yeah. consider it at this, at this like Schindler, Schindler will do a distribution thing and maybe even play exploitatively here and just be like, I should fold like all my medium aces and call with all my big ones only. That said, I kind of like the check raise better too, because it yeah. also tells the bluffy story of like your hand looks kind of face up Jake Schindler. It looks like you have like ace queen or ace right. jack here. Right. And, doesn't love a check raise, so I guess I'm going to check raise because it's going to work like 80% of the time. Which is why I imagine ultimately Jake Schindler would call with the very top of, like the ace queens of the world. But that seems like to be near the top of his range. Yeah. It's obviously not the top because he's got a full house here. Yeah. But it would seem to be. Right. Anyway, I, I, I just, don't know what's better. I kind of don't love the lead. I just, I mean, not a huge I, fan. I don't love the size of the lead. I kind of agree with you that like, I don't know if we need to go like, Normal sizing, like half pot type sizing, but I, I think less than pot is probably better to get called by more. It probably makes us more money over the long haul. I want to check raise or check call bigger sizing. Yeah, well, we wouldn't raise any kind of yeah. bigger sizing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the hand is playing out really weirdly. Yeah, it is. It's like we've already been at least three decisions that are kind of bizarre. Well, Guess who's happy in Bizarro Land right now? Yeah, we know. Jacob the guy Schindler. With the full house. It's the guy four, with... four and a half million effective for Fox and heading into the river. And he just bet 1.185 million. There was only 850K in the pot. And Schindler's all of a sudden like, can I get all of it? He's like, he's like well, first of all, now I get to go for all of it in a reasonable yeah. way. And second of all, 
what is going on? Like, I mean, what do you like? I guess you have a seven. Do be, you actually have a seven and hope I have an ace? He'd be, I'd be afraid of those three nines full combos. Those fit squarely into this line. They do, but there's three nines full combos. Plus there's um, two seven combos that we're aware of. Yeah. Maybe there's some other ones. We're not, I don't know. Maybe. And then maybe there's some other like strong aces and uh, there turns out there are, there's at least ace king, which means there has to be some other ones too. Right. Yeah. Like ace queen probably would play it just like this as well. Maybe Ace Queen bets a little smaller because it could get called by Ace King and would hate that. Yeah. Ace King is like, don't I just always have the best hand? Yep. Like, you're probably folding anyway, but just in case you decide to call, I want it to be a lot. I don't know. It's the old makeup for lost value move, right? Mm-hmm. We see that so often. Well, Schindler's going to go ahead and move in. Well, yeah. Can't really say anything about that except that that seemed easy. How much is he moving in? How much more is he moving in? 3.3. 3. Okay. So Foxen's put in like 1.6 or something, a little less, like 1.5. Yeah. Um, okay. 3.3. More. So, yeah, these guys started with almost 100 blinds effective, and there's no line on the river. That's, that's a rarity. Yes. In the old tournament. All right, so now this is a, a decision for Foxen. See, this is weird, because if Foxen had just three bet pre, them getting all in would be very reasonable. Yeah, it'd be normal. Right, but like, although Schindler probably would have just folded a seven suited, he might have just folded a seven suited. He might have called because they were deep. I imagine out of the small blind, Foxen's going to make it a bit too much for a seven yeah. suited to call. Yeah, that's the question: is how it ends up get, getting sized because Schindler's going to be they're deep and he'll be in position. But anyway, um, let's not worry about that. Let's get to the the more interesting spot, which all is, right. The what question does Foxen is: do now? Should Foxen even consider calling at all? Right. The reason I ask it like that is because of his sizing. Right. Because he sizes it in a polarizing way, which means he's supposed to have a very strong hand or nothing at all. Right. So Schindler moving in means Schindler's certainly polarized as well and is less likely to be bluffing because bluffing, I mean, he's not going to have any medium strength. Hand. Well, no, actually, when he moves in, he could have he could have the whole range of hands, right? When he, he moves in. He thinks Foxen has a lot of bluffs. He could, be, he could have anything and move in. With it's it. possible. Like, Schindler is way above the rim. He could have ace-10 here and be thinking like ace is never good enough against this sizing. Right. Yeah. But his problem is that Foxen has some full houses in his range. Very and few. He's got a seven suited. He's got pocket nines, right? That's yeah. it. That's not too many, but he's got some, uh, I guess if we have a 10, we block some of the ace seven suited. Yeah. P- potentially depends on what suit the ace is. Uh, we're not a hundred percent sure. Foxen is calling out of the small bind with a seven suited. Right. Like I'm the ace, not. the ace six through ace nine is the worst when you're deep. Correct. You know, correct. Yeah. So it's a little unclear. He may just be three betting his small suited aces yeah. anyway. So maybe he has none of them. It's possible. Maybe. Wouldn't surprise me actually. So anyway, here we are. We're in this spot. And as Fox and I guess we just have to think the bluffs are just random two cards like king queen that that Schindler's like. Well, you don't have that many sevens in your range. I feel. I just feel like Schindler's not the kind of guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Who would pick random two cards? He would pick cards that have perceived blockers. So now, like, maybe his pocket sixes, so he blocks six, seven. Pocket eight, so he blocks eight, seven nine, suited. Nine, ten suited, maybe. Blocks nines full. Yeah, something like that makes more sense. Yeah. He could have a, I guess he could have a bad ace now he's... But, I mean, he knows he's the only one who has pocket aces anyway right. most of the time here. So, like, an ace doesn't really... Like, the block pocket aces doesn't really matter. Right. In the same way. Um, he could sit there and be like, I guess... I can't, like, we, either of us could have quads, but I have the second nuts and he doesn't in my range because I have pocket. 
And pocket nines, by the way, most of the time, Fox is going to three bet that. Maybe not, clearly not always since he's flatting with Ace yeah. King. But so we feel like, can he really even have pocket nines? It's, he doesn't have all three combos, that's for sure. You know? I guess he'll three bet that sometimes. I would guess he's going to three bet it more often than he isn't. Yeah, maybe. Like, there are 100 blinds deep. It's Alec Fox, and I, I'd be surprised if he just called with that a lot. I mean, you did just say two sentences in a row, but didn't necessarily explain to the listeners why you would think that means he's three betting a lot. Hundred blinds deep, and it's Alex Foxen. Yeah, but can you, can you first elaborate? of all, did, did you know what I meant when I said that? That he's going to have a wider three betting range. Um, yeah, like like Schindler's opening. Schindler's going to be opening like wider, and yeah. Foxen's going to have a wider three betting range as a result. He's in the small blind. That's another reason to do it. Nines is a really good hand. Nines is a hand that can stand some level of heat post-flop as well as pre-flop. Yeah. Those are all really good reasons. And I feel like these guys mostly, and I know this isn't true in this hand, but these guys mostly three-bet a lot. Like, they like to three-bet a lot. You know, pre-flop. Maybe Alex Foxen hates three-betting. Maybe he hates it. I mean, in that very memorable hand. No, he opened. I don't know, I don't know that about any three-betting, but he, he was just, very aggressive. He just called with Ace-King, man. Yeah. Um. I'd be surprised if that's true. I don't know, but I'd be surprised. Okay. Well, is there any reason to yeah. call here as Foxen? Great question. I mean, the reason to call is because Jake Schindler is bluffing enough of the time, right? That's the only reason. That, I mean, that, that's obviously a very straightforward statement, but that's the point, right? So it's 3.3 more to call. We're getting two to one on our money. Yeah. Almost exactly. Maybe slightly worse. Is Jake Schindler bluffing at least 36% of the time or something like that? That's the question. That's the reason. If, if we know enough about Jake to know he's got enough of these bluffs in him, then we can consider calling. But then there's tournament life that comes in Is play. anybody bluffing yeah. 36% of the time here against the sizing? Maybe it's adjusted that much at these high levels at this point. Maybe. But, I mean, he's the number 11 GPI player. Maybe he actually is. He's supposed to be. But is he? I feel like the answer is no in these cases, right? No, I'm with that, you on that. Especially in tournaments, it's like a big no. Right. In a 100K tournament, even more so, I would guess. Yeah. That, like, it's just hard to be bluffing there. Now, the truth is, because that's the case, these guys should be bluffing here more because they should be getting a lot of folds. But I think, the, I think what happens is someone like, um, like, who's in, who, Foxen. I just keep thinking of Vogel saying I like see Vogel saying, but it's Foxen. Someone like Foxen is probably falling back on distribution a lot in this spot, right? Yeah. And so he's using that to make his decision as opposed to maybe a more exploitative thought process of like, like you just said, like, is, is anyone doing it? There's probably someone. Is Schindler one of those guys? Probably not. Is anyone in this 100K tournament? Maybe there's like three guys. Maybe. Is, I mean, is he high enough in his distribution? I mean, what else do we really have? We have nines full, six, seven, and eight, seven. That's five combos. I mean, we don't have all the nines full. Okay. Maybe so we have at best one and a half combos. I would guess less than that of nines full. Okay, but do we even have ace queen? Is this the bottom of our distribution? That's my question. I absolutely. I mean, you were making the case for like. With this sizing. Oh, with this sizing. Right. That's fair. Um, I don't think we have ace queen with this sizing. So it's the bottom of our distribution. The bottom of our value, yes. It is the bottom of our value. So that's a reason to fold. Yes, it is. If we have 
Yep. Now we could decide though, because it's not equal, right? We have uh, if if we were I don't know how many ace kings we're flatting with here. Maybe on this hand we're flatting with all of our ace kings because it's a time based thing and not a suit based thing. So he's like, well, actually, I have you know twelve combos of ace king, and I've got only one and a half combos of nines. I'm so I have to call with hundred percent of my range. No, no, no. Let me get let me finish. Right. I've got two combos of sevens, right? So I've got whatever three and a half combos of better value. And then 12 combos of ace-king, I have to call with some of the ace-king. Not all of it, some of it. I can't, because yeah. if I fold all the ace-king, now I'm folding too much. Yeah. So I have to call with like, you know, I mean, in theory, I have to call with about half my ace-king. Maybe you decide to shorten it up and you only call with like three combos of your ace-king if you think Schindler isn't doing it as much as he's supposed to be, right? Which he probably isn't. And then, then it's like, well, how, then you have a way of determining which ace kings you're calling with and which ace kings you're folding. I don't, I have no sense of what that could be for a guy like Alex, Alex Foxen, but I'm sure there's a way. Like if he's if he's doing this kind of work, like so that's that's the thing. Yeah, there's too many ace kings and not enough everything else. So you have to use some of the ace kings as part of the upper end of your distribution too. Maybe Foxen just thinks that. If Schindler had nines full or somehow had a miracle seven that he's not usually going to have, he's betting the turn all the time because he doesn't block any of the aces. Right. Maybe Foxen thinks it's that. a really good lead. Yeah. For sure. He might lead with a seven. He might lead with nines full. You mean continue full. betting? Foxen might lead when the board pairs. What I am saying yeah. is not that. Okay. It is Foxen now believes... That he can remove a lot of nines full and whatever trips oh, Schindler might because have. Because Schindler would bet the turn. Because he was very likely to bet the turn because it's an ace high board and Schindler doesn't have an ace. Okay. So he's got the guy. Here's what yeah. I was going to say, which is different. Okay. Which is Foxen may also think if I had nines full or a seven myself, I would lead the turn myself because that seven is a card I would often lead with. And Schindler's going to call me if he has something, Maybe. whether I have the seven or not. I'm going to lead there. And. Ace-King was the one strong hand I kept in my checking range, but I'm leading nines full because this way I, I leave more aces for Schindler to have. And, you know, and I bet my sevens and I bet my nines. So actually, Ace-King is both the top and the bottom of my range. Yeah, I feel like what we're doing right now is yeah. bending over backwards to justify what ends up being a pretty bad call because he does call. I think that's correct. I think it's not a great... I wouldn't call here. Um, I say I wouldn't call here because, of course, I know what happened and all that, but I wouldn't call here. Yeah. And I call a lot. You think I call too much, I'm sure. I call a lot. I wouldn't call here. Right. Especially when you size it like this. Right. You bet the sizing point. is the whole thing. Yeah. Like, this is one of the things that you and I have talked about before on this show is like, one of the great things to do is actually bet with big sizing on the river in spots where you're pretty sure you have the best hand anyway. So that way you get called and you can make more when you get called. But also when you get raised, it's harder to be bluffing against big sizing because yeah. you're polarized. And most people have it in that spot. Right. I mean, Jake Schindler is a candidate to not have it. I, like, if it's if it's just Joe Schmo, you have to fold. Absolutely have to fold. Yeah, against I'm Jake sure. Schindler, maybe you can find a reason to call, but it still feels like you should be folding. Let's let's take Jake Schindler out of the equation for a second. Let's put in other players and see what we would do. Okay, everything's the same except instead of Jake Schindler's Tom Dwan. Now, what do we do? I think we still fold. I think so too, but I think I'm re- I'm really worried about getting bluffed. Yeah, down. much more so than against Jake Schindler. Yeah. What if it's Matt Kirk? I don't know. I think Matt Kirk's going to like click it back all the time, and I would never expect him to play it like this. I don't know. It's hard to see Matt Kirk actually playing it like this. Honestly, the check back on the turn and the shove on the river is super strong. It is. Super strong. Like, if he was going to bluff, 
why would he choose this way to bluff? Like, it's weird to choose this way to bluff. And by the way, like we were saying, Foxen may have zero combos of straight draws here. Yeah. What straight draws can he really have? Can he have 10 jacks suited? Yeah. Nope. He's not going to call that big a bet out of position with a guy behind him. It's got to be 8-10 suited. I don't know if he even calls that pre, but maybe he does. Yeah. So cool. Four combos of yeah. bluffs, and he has to play them all like this, which he doesn't. Like, come on. Like, so if there's no bluffs except a nine, we're turning a pair into a bluff now. Yeah. We're turning a bad ace into a bluff now, which we don't have to turn either one of those in. We would think often we have the best hand and don't need to do that on this run out. Yeah. So what? there's no bluffs. I don't know if there's any bluffs. As Foxen. As Foxen. So if we, don't, if we know we don't have any bluffs, Schindler might be able to see that too pretty easily. And he checked back the turn and shoved the river when we had massive... This is a bad play. This is a bad call. Yeah, you own that guy every time, Alex Foxen. There's that one memorable hand. Yeah. I won that. Hand. And that is how Alex Foxen busted <laughs> out of that 100K. Yeah. And gives Jake Schindler a real big stack. Yeah, I don't know what happened if Jake Schindler, how he ended up doing, but it must have felt real good. Yeah, for at least a little while. Yeah. Also, I mean, Jake Schindler's really lucky that Foxen decided to call there. Yeah. He's just really, really lucky. Worked out. It really worked out. Do you think it's possible, by the way, that Foxen is doing the thing that we talk about doing, which is this massive sizing on the river and spots for value with like a slightly more mergy range? Like, so he's got Ace King. I think it's definitely it. possible. And, and then he feels like, oh, Schindler knows I'm doing this. Like, he's seen this enough now. And now I've got to call sometimes when he shoves that's, on me. That's the best reason, I guess. That's the only good reason I can come up with. But then I, then I think Schindler's hands are just nines that are turning into a bluff. And like Ace 10, who's it's like Ace 10 yeah. is not good enough against this sizing. Right. It's like the pretty good aces. Yeah. Or the aces that he has. Yeah. Where he's just like, it's not good enough. Yeah. The problem is, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't like. I don't like it. I'm down on it. That I, that guy can only win when he colludes with his girlfriend. Yeah, notice he actually won the tournament. Yeah, that one time.